Welcome to the Decent Crypto Podcast. This is your Decent Recap for March 27th, 2022. We are live from New York City. Matthew Blumberg, welcome. How's it going? Oh man, it is chilly. It's chilly today. We just had a random hailstorm yeah. for about five minutes like, out of nowhere. Was, like I was running outside with like in like a short sleeve shirt on Friday, and then it started snowing today. I don't. I don't the know. high tomorrow is supposed to be thirty-two degrees. Are you serious? I'm not looking forward to that. Dude, Celsius, right? <laughs> thirty-two <laughs> Celsius. Not gonna see that in New York. Oh, Matt, we have. Uh, a lot to talk about today. We do. Should, um, we, uh, should we kick it off with uh, with the most painful segment of the week? The most painful segment of the week, Max Payne. This Max week's Payne. this week's theme is definitely Max Payne, yeah, but a little bit, uh, a little bit. You know, um, let's go. Let's go. Let's go to our opening segment, the FOMO of the week. FOMO of the week. Karan, you want to kick it off? What's well, your uh, what's what's your biggest FOMO of the week? A lot of FOMO this week. I would just like to point out that. My FOMO of last week ended up uh, working out pretty nicely for any of our <laughs> listeners. Yeah, uh, yeah. They just doubled up their uh, their pile in, uh, in in one week real quick. Uh, my, my my main man Jewel going from like three so seventy whatever to like eight bucks, you know. Whoa, uh, <laughs> dude! I'm gonna miss this the entire way up. Uh, I Jewel? am, yeah, I am so deeply convicted in never buying any. Yeah, <laughs> I'm also deeply convicted in this thing going down forever. <laughs> but you know, I, I you know I was pleasantly surprised. It's actually holding up right now. Um, but my FOMO of this week is just generally NFTs. Uh, NFTs are making a comeback. Whoa. It's a bull market for NFTs again. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> Dude, it's amazing. You can have a six-hour bull market in well, NFTs. Truly, like, yeah. truly. You can be gone for the weekend and miss like four bull bear markets uh, <laughs> in NFTs. But, uh, but yeah, no, like a, a lot of the top projects have been picking up uh, Steam. Uh, Azuki specifically, uh, I was just, I mean, I've been watching this thing forever since it was like in the two to three range. Whoa. Uh, and then I was watching it in the four range, four to six, like it was sitting in the four to six range, I feel like for a long time. And then it was sitting at seven and I was like, I was watching it. And then it was, it, it went up to 20, whatever it went up to. And then it came back down last week. It was sitting at nine. Uh, it was just, it's just been sitting at nine forever. And... Over the course of the week, it just doubles. Now it's just sitting at 18.5. This ETH. is literally the same price trajectory as Jewel. <laughs> just funny. Uh, no, no. Jewel, Jewel, unfortunately, is still at seven bucks. <laughs> if it gets back to 18, that would be a, a godsend. <laughs> um, but yeah, so no, Azuki is picking back up. It's kind of an interesting thing right now in the NFT market where. Projects like Kazuki, projects like Board Apes back at 107, CryptoPunks back at 72, uh, Blue Chips or you know top five, top ten projects are doing very well, but everything you know like pretty much close to all time highs actually. Yeah, the mega caps are, are really outperforming, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. Like for example, like where where is the trickle down into the penguin market? Um, oh man, why are penguins, my pudgy penguins? Penguins still are not worried? doing great. I'm, you know, the, the bids are drying up on my penguins. I'm not seeing as many open sea emails come in, you know. Um, no, but the open sea emails are are basically bots, right? Like placing, Oh, they're all bots definitely, but you know, <laughs> placing orders 50% below yeah. the, the four price. Oh, for sure, yeah. Okay, penguins are 0.97 0.97 no you know eh. 
Dude, okay. I, bought, I bought one at the peak of the, like, February NFT bull market for, like, 1.25. Oh, um, dude, I bought three at the peak of last summer's bull market <laughs> at, like, three each. Wow. Three ETH each, yeah. <laughs> I think ETH was, like, also, like, three and a half, four 4K at that point. <laughs> I dropped a lot of fucking money on these penguins, man. But you Not got great. fishing poles to show for it. <laughs> yes, that is true. Um, um, so the blue chip so projects are outperforming. Blue uh, chip projects are outperforming. They're doing very well. Um, one of my favorite artists, X Copy, put out a collection recently called Max Payne and Friends by X Copy. Who's X Copy? So X Copy is one of my favorite NFT artists. He's been putting out one of ones, just making digital art for a long time. He was like making and releasing nfts back in the like 2017 18 days when basically there was nobody else in the space at all yeah why, uh, why so would you make nfts when you could ico yeah i know right i know um so he's like he's super og his art is amazing um i love it's like super funky super uh very weird just yeah, like, yeah it's yeah, a little like, very weird it's pretty cool yeah like yeah definitely worth looking up um so, yeah. So would you say your FOMO of the week is not buying an Azuki or uh, just not buying more NFTs in general? Yeah, to be honest, like, I would say I just have FOMO. Yeah, I would say the last, like, one to two months have been a really good opportunity to cycle out of shit projects and go into, like, some of these blue chips. And there's been good prices, too. Like, I would say even now, like, pretty decent time to buy an MFR. Like, I'm still considering that. Uh, <laughs> I love those things. But, uh, but didn't, yeah. Def- didn't you literally tweet that you were fully MFR pilled? I'm MFR pilled. But you don't have one? But I still don't have one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, because I'm, like, still, I'm, like, one of those, um, what were you saying the other the other week about the, the mice, you know? Just going back to the taking mm. taking one more hit of the just cocaine, more, you know? One more hit of dopamine. Yeah, yeah. Of the dopamine, yeah. I just like I'm I'm just holding out hope like every morning I'm checking for my pudgy penguins, you know, like what kind of <laughs> offers I get. I'm just like you know, they're gonna they're gonna blow up like pudgy penguins are the next board apes, you know? Like I'm <laughs> I'm just waiting, you know, so I don't want to liquidate my penguins and buy an effort. <laughs> you don't want to miss out on your zombie penguin or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, penguins have a strong community. Um, but yeah, so that, and, uh, I mean, I do regret not buying a Nazuki. Uh, mm-hmm. That's probably the biggest regret. Um that's I don't know. the FOMO of the week. That is my FOMO of the week. What's your FOMO of the week? Well, before we move on to me, I got to ask an important question here. Bullish or bearish? <laughs> bullish or bearish? Um, bullish. bullish. I'm very bullish on NFTs uh, in general. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and is this news? The the last week's price action is just bull, bull, bull. So of it's course, bull, of course bull, it's bull. bullish. Yeah, yeah, this is bullish. This uh, is very bullish. So, uh, so, so my FOMO of the week is uh, like you know I feel like you're really looking at like cutting edge like new experiments in art and like social communities and all that like NFTs are pretty pretty new age stuff. Mine is a bit of a throwback. Mm. Uh, 
My FOMO of the week is Ethereum Classic, <laughs> aka the real Ethereum. The real Ethereum. Um, wow. So, uh, so I I like got this uh, text from one of my friends uh, earlier in the week, like, dude, have you seen the price movement in Ethereum Classic? And I was like, no, of course I haven't seen the price movement in Ethereum Classic. Why? Why would I have like you know? Yeah, who I was checked, his friend? Uh, just like uh, we'll 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 leave the friend and on. For sure, now, sure, unless sure. They want to like. Uh, I'm just saying, like, why is he texting you about ETH Classic, dude? I, I is he working Grayscale? Like, what's the situation here? <laughs> I have is some he, weird friends. Is yeah. he Barry's personal assistant? You know. Well, so here's uh, we'll we'll get to the the ETH Classic community in a second, but uh, but first let me just describe the FOMO here. Uh, ETH Classic was up 70% this week. I think mm. over 70%. Okay. Um, I, well, Sounds like Jewel. It's probably come back down now a little bit since I bought some. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, why is ETH Classic pumping? Um, and, the you know, the best explanation that I've seen for this is something akin to it's going to remain proof of work after Ethereum merges to proof of stake in, like, June, July. Mm. So proof of work, there's, you know, it's easy for us to forget because we've been like messing around with 30 different proof of stake based blockchains, you know, over the last year. But it's, you know, there's still a lot of people out there that think that this is really the, the gold standard in securing a blockchain, right? That it's like it's too expensive to, to perform a 51% attack when you need physical hardware and like, you know, hash power and electricity. That's very different from needing a bunch of some native token, right? Uh, so ETH Classic community is basically just Bitcoin maxis who f stumbled into Ethereum and were like, all right, I guess there's something here. It's kind of the original vision behind Ethereum, too. Uh, yeah, so think about Bitcoin, right? And what, what was the proposal behind Ethereum was really like... Let's increase the instruction set so that instead of just sending and receiving the native token, you can do other stuff too. You can you can execute you know more generalized logic. Well, people forget that Vitalik used to do a lot of writing. Like he actually founded Bitcoin Magazine. Uh, people <laughs> don't know this, but he founded Bitcoin Magazine and he did a bunch of writing. And he was basically like, let's expand the Bitcoin code base to have generalized smart contracts. Uh, and how did how did the community react? Community was not having it. Yeah. They're like, dude, fuck off, you skinny ass, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, go do this somewhere else. And so he did well, do, go do it somewhere else. So I mean, it's interesting because you know, with stacks and like other projects, like you see a lot of attempts to build on Bitcoin, right? To build Bitcoin DeFi or whatever. None of them really taking off. Maybe Ethereum Classic is the closest thing. Right, where you have like a proof of work based, somewhat more generalized like blockchain, right? Uh, yeah. Like it's still got a little bit of that like gold esque, like you have to expend physical resources to, to create more of it or to mine it or to validate it. Mm -hmm. But um, but it's a little bit more generalized, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And like once Ethereum goes proof of stake, like there's probably some sub community that's not going to use it anymore. That's going to be like, I don't trust a proof of stake network yet or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, I, but maybe I'll execute some smart contracts on Ethereum Classic. Mm -hmm. um, and it's interesting because like, I haven't looked at Ethereum Classic in years. And you know, 
one question that I would love to have more information on is, are there projects on Ethereum Classic? Yeah, so I was about to say, like, what is the hash rate right now on Ethereum Classic, right? It's got to be less than, what, 5%? Uh, yeah, I'm sure, uh, right? Total... Well, I, I would imagine it probably is about equal to the, you know, the value in mining rewards, right? Like if the block reward is X on Ethereum and it's, uh, you know, X times 0.05 on Ethereum Classic, then like that's probably... So, you know, so as the price increases, you should see a hash rate increase as well, right? Um, but, uh, you know, more broadly speaking, like, you know, when it comes to hash rate, what are miners going to use all of these GPUs for after Ethereum merges to proof of stake? Like, uh, you know, that's a lot. There's a lot of GPUs in the world that are being used exclusively for this, right? Uh, what What are they going to do with that? Are they, are they going to do cloud rendering, cloud gaming? Like, I can't imagine that that's a big enough market today that that would be the most profitable thing you could do with your with your used gpus uh, you're not going to sell so you're them you're saying on... that maybe they start mining ethereum classic yeah because okay. why not right uh well if there's no activity on there like why mine it uh it's all about the block reward i think i don't think eth classic did eip 1559 um and so i think like yeah activity is probably important right in that like i i think the well now i'm like revealing how little i know about it but I think you still get paid by people like I think your gas still gets paid to the miner um, and you get a block reward right and so um, you know you get something right and as long as that like is worth it to expend the electricity you know you might as well might as well leave those GPUs on and just switch you know so what happens if there are no transactions happening though and there are no blocks to produce <laughs> and the blockchain is just sitting there right like what are you, what are your GPUs gonna be doing at that point, I guess there's no new blocks, and so you don't you, you stop mining Ethereum Classic. Um, but I really think there's a, a you know bigger bull case here than I ever expected, at least for Ethereum Classic. That like it's going to remain like you know the one that still works with proof of work. Like I didn't realize just what a, a narrative there was around you know people love proof of work. So you're saying Barry was right this whole time, dude? Yes, uh, which is extremely bearish. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you, you you preempted my question, bullish or bearish? I guess this Ex is extremely bearish. Extremely yeah. bearish. bearish for the environment, dude. How are our penguins gonna survive if proof of work keeps uh, printing greenhouse gases? Right. No, uh, very bearish. Okay, interesting. All right, so you think that there could be some spillover eventually? from, you know, miners who just say that it's it's going to be, the, like, the most profitable thing for me to do with the GPUs is, well, I guess, they, I mean, why can't they just sell them? Like, I feel like I've been hearing about GPU shortages for so many years, and I guess most of it is probably related to mining, but yeah. <clears throat> at the same time, I do think the number of gamers in the world is increasing. Yeah, and... um, I mean, I, I would I would be really curious to see, like, you know, like, I know that games are getting more demanding, right? Like, Microsoft Flight Simulator, biggest game of last year, arguably, uh, and, like, you couldn't play it at 60 FPS in 4K, like, with full, like, ultra mode render. Like, it was actually unplayable with any GPU on the market. So they built the game so that it was so capable of rendering graphics that, like, no GPU on the market actually could render it at full speed. Um, and so, 
I want, like, you know, if you're a really hardcore flight simulator geek, you're going to want to buy the newest GPU, right? Like, uh, so, uh, you know, I have, a, I have a GPU for my desktop computer that I bought in, like, 2017. Yeah. It, it can still profitably mine Ethereum at a price of about three to 4000 in my Manhattan apartment. Mm-hmm. So it's still pretty profitable to use older hardware uh, to mine Ethereum proper. I don't know about Ethereum Classic, but, you know, uh, it's, uh, I, I think you have two parties here. You have the miners, you have the users, right? So the miners, I think some portion of them are definitely going to go to Ethereum Classic, at which point the network becomes more secure, right? Uh, because it takes more resources to, to perform a 51% attack. I guess just speaking more broadly, do you see more users going towards Ethereum Classic from an ideological perspective, just saying that I don't really trust the proof of stake transition or I don't support it and I'm now going to switch. Yeah, I think you have two kinds of user, right? You have you have those that are like I don't I don't want to be a part of this Ethereum proof of stake transition at least temporarily, right? Uh, but then you have the ideological more like Bitcoin maxi people that are going to take a second look at Ethereum uh, and be like, hang on a second, there's a diverging path here. Like Ethereum has been planning on switching to proof of stake forever, ever, right? Like since like the genesis block of Ethereum, it's been in the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, a lot of people out there probably looked at it and said, well, I, I don't really want to, you know, dip my toes into this ecosystem because I don't think the destination is is a very secure one. Uh, but then if you have this Ethereum classic narrative, maybe people are going to look at this and be like, well, hang on. This is a project that's not planning to switch to proof of stake that does support generalized smart contracts. Maybe there's something there for me. Mm. Um, I guess then at that point you show up to Ethereum classic and it's like, well, there's nothing going on. There's like, nothing going on. What do I do now? Yeah, you it know? just takes, just takes just like now... one like, uh, you know, classic punks or like classic <laughs> apes. <right>? Punk. <laughs> uh, maybe. I don't know. I just feel like you would be like, okay, great. I'm going to now enter the ETH Classic ecosystem, buy some of the coin. Now you just own this asset that's down only forever. Mm-hmm. And you're like, all right, well, there's no apps now where I can do anything with it. Um, <laughs> it has been down only forever, but I think this week was like probably its biggest price increase in a long time. Uh, I mean, 70% is, is substantial, right? For, is for a layer yeah. one token in a week, right? Like, I mean, it's such a small market cap, though. Yeah. It's like for now. It's yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, it sounds like you're bullish. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I'm extremely bearish on okay, the whole thing. Okay. I think, uh, you know, I think that there's the first, you know, fifteen twenty percent was probably like uh, people starting to think about maybe this narrative plays out, and then I think the next fifty sixty percent was like much more just people wanting to buy the one that went up. Very. <laughs> All right. Cool. I think we've talked way too much about Ethereum Classic. Yeah, let, let us never speak of it again. <laughs> Let's never speak I'll, of Ethereum I'll, I'll Classic. I'll wake you up when they build one app. <laughs> yes, yes, when they have their first application. Yeah, yeah. We will be back. <laughs> All right, FOMO of the Week, brought to you by absolutely nobody. First sponsor, if you want to hit us up, you got a 120-second slot. Yes. We can we can slot you in, shill whatever you want, the shill zone. The we'll shill create zone. a new segment just for you, the shill zone. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. What else do we want to hit? Uh, obviously, Jewel. You know, <laughs> real quick, we'll just 
This is a jewel podcast, of course, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's a what? <laughs> this is a jewel podcast. Come on now. What? <laughs> um, so... I'm gonna, I'll be right back while you talk about Jewel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go to the restroom. Gonna, yeah, exactly. I'm just going to go off uh, on Jewel. Um, let's talk about something else that, uh, that I'm also equally unsold on. Okay. Let's talk about Luna. Oh, nice. The greatest Ponzi ever invented. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So... What's ne- what's newsworthy with Luna? What's going on? Well, so they started buying Bitcoin, right? Uh, didn't that that started this week, I believe? I or they the have been week. buying Bitcoin. They I have. think they bought their first hundred and twenty-five million, hundred and fifty million, something like that. You know, crypto is is tricky because I just don't know if that's a lot of Bitcoin. I've I've absolutely no idea, right? Like, is that is that market moving? Like, how do you execute 125 million? Yeah, I think uh, like a lot of people were kind of like making a note of the fact that it was really clear in the market when they bought <laughs> the price <laughs> oh, like really? really just spiked like within like four minutes or something, oh, <laughs> like yeah, fifteen hundred bucks or something like that. Um, yeah, I think it really depends. You know, it's like. Some of these guys just don't care about execution, like trade execution, like Michael Saylor, <laughs> to name an example. Like he just, he really just doesn't care. Like truly, truly, just doesn't care um, about his fill. Like it, it, you know, you can. He will broadcast to the market, uh, like He's very like, openly, like the very like. I don't know if you remember this. The very first purchase that he ever made, he actually told everybody that I'm going to buy $2 billion worth of Bitcoin on this Friday. And like, he just told it, told the market openly. Uh, and it was like, oh, shit, this thing happened, and the price pumped 20% on the exact day that he bought $2 billion worth of Bitcoin. Um, so, yeah, I mean... I mean, it is interesting, right? Because in equities, like, you do have to announce that you're doing a buyback, but then as soon as you announce the buyback, that's when the price spikes. Yeah, exactly. It's the announcement, right? Yeah, Yeah. it's the announcement that does it. It's not the actual, like, you know, like, poor execution. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, With, yeah, I don't know. But, like, so with Luna, the 125, 150 million, whatever, it's not that much. Uh, It's it's a decent chunk for, like, a a one-time purchase. But I think he he has the green light to buy three billion dollars worth Goodness. of Bitcoin. Wow! Which is gonna take place over the next three months. So there's wow. some good buy pressure uh, mm-hmm. coming. Um, it's interesting that there is now uh, Bitcoin on the balance sheet of this decentralized stablecoin. Yeah. Uh, now they have you know Bitcoin reserves. Um, I don't know, like, what do you find interesting about this? I just want to know, like, uh, where does this $3 billion come from? Uh, that is a good question. I think it's from their, like, they have investors. Um, what? <laughs> yeah, 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 like Luna. Okay, this is probably, we should save this for the Luna deep dive. Yeah, let's do a deep dive. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, this yeah. deserves its own deep dive. Yeah, uh, but on... I mean, uh, yeah, I guess broadly the, the things to touch on for this for this weekly recap are like, A, the, like, the Bitcoin purchases, uh, B, like you got this guy, uh, Do Kwan, mm-hmm. uh, he's making the rounds on podcasts, he's tweeting mm-hmm. a lot, lot, uh, mm-hmm. he, had a, he had a bet like last he week had a bet. before that luna price would be above where it was today a year mm-hmm. from now a uh, very yeah. very public bet um, so that is what i want to talk about um 
I think there's this very interesting thing in crypto uh, that you don't really see elsewhere in any other industry. Like, just imagine Mark Zuckerberg going on CNBC and being like, yo, anybody out there in the world that wants to bet $10 million that Meta stock will be higher a year from now. <laughs> like, everybody would be like, yo, man, like, this guy needs to be taken off the board. Like, he's, like, off his meds or some shit. But Do Kwan is like, yeah, bro, let's make it $20 million. <laughs> He's like, yeah, what did he say? Yeah, he's like, oh, why don't we put real money and make it $100 million or something? It's something crazy. So, I don't know, man. Like, it's a very different dynamic in crypto that you don't see in tech, you don't see in finance. So there's, um, there's a technical reason for this, right? Uh, which is, uh, it's regulatory. Um, no, 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 I mean, okay, that, that aside, right? Like, okay, sure, there's a, there is a regulatory reason. Um, uh, like, legally, like, you know, Zuck can't go out and say anything about the expected future price of Meta, uh, like, at all. Like, uh, you know, Michael Saylor was talking about this. He's like, you will never hear me ever talk about buying my company stock as like a good idea uh, because I can't, right? Uh, but I can tell you to buy Bitcoin all day long because it's a commodity. It's not, it's not a stock. And so I don't have insider information on a commodity. Okay, okay. Now that's, that's a really good point. I guess the point I'm making is that there is this dynamic <laughs> in crypto where there isn't that regulatory concern, right? Yeah. And you see some founders do this. It, most notably, Daniele, <laughs> who's always just tweeting about the price of his projects. He's like, oh, this thing's, uh, like, you know, it's now at this price. It's now, everybody's like, wag me, you know, this yeah, whole thing. Yeah. Or like, don't sell, don't sell, stop Yeah, yeah, selling. like, don't sell. <laughs> um, so I just find, and actually Kobe had a tweet about this too in like his 2022 predictions. He was like, uh, and it was just like so clairvoyant, but it was like all these founders tweeting about the price of their coins. I predict all their projects are going to fail. Uh, and like just from the tweet, you could tell he was tweeting about Daniele because uh, mm. he's tweeted about his stuff in the past. Interesting. Like how it's like very Ponzi-ish, but um, <clears throat> this one seemed directly related. Now it's like you see Doquan doing this. Um, just in general, you see a lot of these L1 founders like kind of gloating and being very, uh, I, I don't know, like the Solana founders. Like he's just always like, yeah, I will, I will kill you. Like you know, on Twitter, yeah. like, just going off. Um, I mean, obviously, we've done the deep dive. Oh goodness. Um, yeah. yeah, but uh, I don't know. There's just like this dynamic where like people are tweeting about the price of their own project and. I find it very weird. I guess that's my whole takeaway here. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, okay, so uh, I think, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll save a lot of the talk for a deep dive um, yeah. on Luna in general. Mm -hmm. um, but broadly speaking, uh, bullish or bearish? Okay, bullish or bearish. Man. I would say what they're trying to do is definitely the most ambitious thing in crypto right now like outside of maybe just ethereum itself dude you just use like 30 words uh, this is clearly bear you're trying to you're trying to rationalize look, here look, but like if you need more than two words look man look my whole point is they need to reach escape velocity for this project <laughs> right where it literally gets to be too big to fail because it's such a big, like, ambitious vision, and there are so many Ponzi-ish elements to it, right? But the only way it works is if people just keep buying in forever. 
Mm-hmm. And there is a reasonable chance that it works, right? <laughs> like keep buying in forever. Yeah, you're I, bullish on that. <laughs> I think there's a possibility. We still have a, a Federal Reserve, don't we? <laughs> I mean, that's what he's trying to do, basically, like an Internet Federal Reserve. Um, so I, think I heard this one before. Uh, right, right, is it right called Ohm? Yeah, Olympus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! You want to talk about pumps, butterfly? Also up like eighty percent this week. That's a complicated one. We, <laughs> yeah, we definitely need deep dive for fourteen that. deep dives. <laughs> um, but if they reach escape velocity, I am bullish that Luna will be the biggest project. Do Kwan, maybe the richest man in the whole world, he'll wow. overtake Elon and CZ. Um, hmm. Bearish if they don't reach that escape velocity <laughs> level. If for some reason you know people start losing faith, then luna death spiral you know yeah but i don't know if that happens i i actually am a little bit more bullish than i am bearish because now you see galaxy coming in you see, i mean galaxy is bro mike novogratz has a, a luna tattoo on his body <laughs> like there's just big 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 money coming in and i think they might reach escape velocity like I, I really do see a world where it's Bitcoin number one, ETH number two, Luna number three. I mean, it's almost there now, right? It's number four now. Is it outside wow, of any yeah. stablecoin? It's like BNB number three, and I then mean, Luna's held up remarkably well during the last like oh for last, sure like, quarter, yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. So yeah, I think there's there's a good chance. I, th- I think I think I think there's a reasonable chance that they see the vision through. Should we say fuck it and throw caution to the wind and talk for like two seconds about the tokenomics here? Like, uh, like what? Like Luna is effectively like uh, algorithmic stablecoin, right? People deposit no. Luna and can mint. USD. No, no, we should definitely save it. Like, it's okay. it's very complicated. Like, it's basically like a mechanism to create synthetic assets, like any kind of synthetic assets, mm. uh, and you have to have like some kind of collateral, and then like the more of those synthetic assets that are minted, the more Luna gets burned. Hmm. Right, so UST is one of is one of their synthetic assets. It's a synthetic stablecoin on the US dollar. Mm-hmm. The more of that that gets minted, that you know, if there's like more demand for those stablecoins, people want to mint more. You have to burn Luna to do so, and then the value of Luna goes up because of theoretically, demand. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Huh. Um, yeah, it's a it's like a real rabbit hole, Luna. Um, <laughs> like I can't pretend to be like the foremost expert, but um, all right, better start it studying. Is, yeah, yeah, it's it's like I mean, it it's like an algo stablecoin in the end, but they're like they kind of I don't know, they kind of marketed it well, <laughs> and they also made turned it into uh, its own layer one, basically. Hmm. So, Terra. Is its own blockchain that's built using Cosmos SDK and oh, it's Cosmos, a Cosmos uh, yeah, huh, Cosmos SDK and Cosmos Tendermint, huh. um, and then their so, main function is to create synthetic assets hmm. using their blockchain, and the main synthetic asset is UST. Yeah, interesting. Um, hmm. 
I guess we'll uh, I guess we'll cover this in, in like more. Yeah, more yeah, we'll go we'll go later. into depth. I mean, that's I, I not really what these recaps are, you know. I genuinely like, feel like I understand NFTs more than I understand Luna, and boy, do I not understand <laughs> NFTs. <laughs> no, Luna is actually like that's what I'm saying. Like, I think for something like this to work, like you just need extreme buy-in from very large players, and retail will follow. And I think they are maybe going to break through. And if they do, then, like, it'll be the biggest project in crypto, really. Like, outside of, like, the, the layer ones. You heard it here, folks. Luna number three to <laughs> Luna the moon. Luna number three. I mean, yeah, it's not like it's far off now. But, yeah, I think Luna Luna to the moon for sure. You know, based on this uh, Doquan bet, I think we should make a bet. Okay. Why don't we bet, uh, like, one penguin? <laughs> Because which is great, right? Because that could be literally any that amount of value. Be that could $0. be zero dollars. That could be two dollars. Yeah. <laughs> wow, this is like an eighteen layer deep bet. Yeah. We're yeah, betting yeah. a penguin on the price of Luna. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm down. Hey, look, it's supposed um, to be composable, right? Want, yeah. <laughs> you, want, you want the bullish side or the bearish side? Mm-hmm. Uh I I want the um Ooh, I don't know. I think I want the bearish side. Okay, okay. You because want like the... everyone in crypto, I don't I don't like what I don't understand mm. and I think it deserves to fail wait, as a wait, result. Like everyone in crypto, I think that's <laughs> the opposite of everyone in crypto. Sorry, everyone everyone, everyone outside loves what they of don't crypto. understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, "Wait, what is that project?" All right, I'm in. Like, yeah, I <laughs> know. Well, so this was like this was what happened over the last few years is anything you don't understand that's successful, you have to hate it, right? So, I this is exactly where I am on Luna. It's done too well and I don't understand it at all and therefore I'm bearish. That is fair. That is fair. All right, we're placing a bet right here. One pudgy penguin. One penguin. One floor penguin. Okay, let me see the exact price of Terra Luna right now. Um, Hang hang on. Let me let me let me sell some. Oh wow, dude! DeFi Kingdoms breaking through that eight dollar barrier. Oh my god! Holy shit! Bitcoin just massive candle right now on the podcast yeah wow you're catching it 40, live folks. 46 500 wow oh let's go baby should we tweet uh like in all caps from our podcast twitter like let's uh, do it 40, 000, 46, 46, united states dollars united states dollars <laughs> <laughs> united states terra luna dollars um all right let's see what's luna let's we're you're catching a pump right now bro uh, you're you're wow. taking the under on a great pump. Hey, look, <laughs> there has never been a better time to sell. <laughs> uh, okay, ninety-two forty-five. Ninety-two forty-five. No, it's etched, etched in stone. Okay, uh, so uh, this is now on chain. <laughs> um, uh, why don't we give it like a three-day window? I'll give you like a, a very generous set of terms. So okay. uh, the twenty-sixth, seventh, and eighth of March of next year. Mm-hmm. If at any time Luna goes above. What what did you say? Ninety what? Ninety two forty five. Ninety two forty five. Uh, if at any time during those three days it goes above that, uh, we will uh, we I will buy you one penguin. Oh baby, alrighty, <laughs> and uh, vice versa. At any if time it doesn't, it's if below. it no, or or just generally. Yeah yeah, I'm, I'm giving you the like sneak yeah. Above. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah yeah yeah. Nice. Because right. I, have, I have real conviction in, okay. in something that this I don't is, understand at all. High <laughs> conviction bet here. Yeah. So I was actually wrong. The top ten. This is actually kind of crazy. Bitcoin, ETH, BNB. I'm just removing the stable coins here. BNB number three, 
XRP still number four. <laughs> unbelievable. Cardano still number five. Yeah, man. Truly unbelievable. Solana number six. Terra Luna number seven. Polkadot number eight. Avalanche number nine. Dogecoin number ten. All right. No one wants our what will likely be seven hour old uh, like market commentary. <laughs> should we? Uh, uh, yeah, should that we market commentary the... could go for a long time. Um, <laughs> should we? Uh, should right. we? Should we transition to uh, to our uh, new segment that we're shipping this week? Um, uh, what is our new segment that we're shipping this week? Karan, grab your rum, okay? Let's Gr- grab the rum. Grab your grab your pirate flag. We are getting shipwrecked. We are getting shipwrecked. What do you uh, do? You want to do? You want to explain to our listener, uh, our let's, our one listener? Let's go straight into what it. shipwrecked means. Look, listeners, far and wide. <laughs> listener, far, far and wide. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The one man in Canada. Yeah. This, this, this one goes out to you, brother, <laughs> a loyal listener. Um, we're gonna go through the depths of the ocean here. And go through, you know, what was shipped this week and what was wrecked this week. It's not more complicated than that. Absolutely. And I think we can kind of rapid fire it. What do you think? We can go very rapid fire. Okay. Uh, let's go first one. Shipped or wrecked? Let's start with ship. Let's let's go optimism first. All right. Optimism know? first. What yeah, was shipped? Yeah. Shipped this week. Um, so I guess the the one that I want to call out first is, mm-hmm. uh, is this uh, Stargate Finance. Okay. Yeah. Um, What's Stargate? It's a it's a bridge. So mm. it's um, it's built on top of this protocol uh, called a layer zero, okay. which is like meant to enable uh, trustless communication across different layer one blockchains. That's like a IBC enabled something, right? It's a like little bit. Something to do with it's, Cosmos. Uh, I think we're going to do this on our next deep dive. So, okay. um, but uh, but no, it has nothing to do with Cosmos. It's effectively a complete and total alternative. Okay. Uh, and and basically, it's, uh, it's like basically any blockchain. Any blockchain. Any any other blockchain, okay. yeah. I, th- I think they even mentioned Bitcoin at one point in yeah, white yeah. paper, which is kind of wild. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, we'll see the Bitcoin maxis try to like push like uh, this will be the fastest Bitcoin improvement proto- or proposal <laughs> ever ever merged into the code base to to somehow make this not possible on Bitcoin. Well, like because you can you can plug in native Bitcoin to. Uh, Cosmos also. Yeah, sure you can, oh. Grandma. Let's let's get you to bed. <laughs> let's get you to bed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, um, man. So uh, so Stargate, pretty interesting actually. Um, it it takes a very different approach to uh, to most like uh, cross chain bridges uh, in that like it's uh, a little bit more secure. I would say like not a lot, but a little bit. Uh, it's a lot less, or it's a little bit less trustless or more trustless, right? So. Uh, so the typical bridge, you basically have to trust that the bridge operators are going to, like, act, you know, correctly. Mm. Um, and that, like, the code isn't going to have some issue where, like, you can you can mint things, like, uncontrollably, uh, like like with the wormhole hack. Okay. Um, and, uh, and Layer Zero uh, is sort of built to make it so that, like, one thing on one blockchain can only happen once another thing on another blockchain has been has happened and has been confirmed a certain number of times. Okay. So you could be like requiring, you know, like really safe assumption, like 64 confirmations for some transaction on Ethereum uh, in order to like make something happen on Avalanche. So this is kind of like when you use Coinbase or any other kind of exchange 
and a lot of times they'll say we require 30 confirmations on chain before you can deposit or you, before you can withdraw or before you can trade yeah, or you know they, they want to make things, sure like, that like it doesn't get get like reorged or yeah. whatever um and they're so pretty, layer zero does that same thing basically yeah they, they allow whichever protocol to specify for whichever blockchain here's when i'm willing to trust it right uh and so you could if you wanted to be extremely extremely safe you could do you could double the number of confirmations to 64 or whatever at which point everyone would would probably just go use a centralized exchange anyway but um, and who determines that who determines the number it's uh it's all about the uh the like receiving end of the application so the, you can think of it like there's a sending blockchain and a receiving blockchain uh and uh the the recipient gets to specify like all the parameters for like what they're willing to trust, like what their what their level of uh, acceptability is for for believing that a confirmation did in fact happen on a different blockchain. So, like you as a user or the application that you're interfacing with, they would kind of specify all of that. Yeah, and, and layer zero is very very much uh, geared toward applications using it. it. They really don't see a world where like a user is actually using it. Uh, Makes sense. It's much more like Uniswap on Cosm or on you know Avalanche might be talking to Uniswap on Ethereum. Uh, and so you can, you know, in theory, you could you could swap native Ethereum for native Avalanche or native AVAX, uh, which is kind of with like uh, with like two clicks or whatever. Um, I remember seeing this when they first announced their like introductory medium post or whatever six months ago. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, nice. This looks pretty great. Like, where's a token? <laughs> no token. Great question. Where's the token? Where's the so token? that that is in fact the subject of this week's shipped. So um, so on top of layer zero, you have this like sort of first application, which is like a cross chain bridge, right? Uh, in theory, layer zero can be used for any kind of like inter blockchain message passing. So it could be like you know like if like one blockchain could be listening to see if you like did something with your NFT on another blockchain. For example, you have like a, you know, you have an Avegachi uh, NFT uh, and you're supposed to pet it so it feels loved. Uh, but sometimes on Polygon, like gas fees can be kind of high. What you could do instead is pet it on Solana and then sort of like trustlessly send a message to Polygon saying, look, I've seen X number of times that, that this person has, has petted their Avegachi uh, and so, like, you know, ascribe him the value that you get from that or whatever. Um, and so it's really like layer zero is just like the base messaging protocol. Uh, on top of that, Stargate Finance was built. Um, and I think it was basically built by the same people that built layer zero. Okay. Um, and it's like a, it's a cross chain, like asset transfer bridge. Okay. Um, and, uh, so, um, so this is pretty interesting, actually, the way that they sort of deployed their their token launch. Yeah. Uh, it was, I think, you know, it was like a noble attempt at a relatively fair launch. Okay. Um, but it all kind of went to shit. So this one's <laughs> a little bit shipped and wrecked. Okay. Uh, so um, so a little bit of background. So on, on, on March 17th, uh, I guess a little over a week ago, uh, the auction started. So they... they um, auctioned off 10% of the total supply of STG tokens. Mm-hmm. These are governance tokens, so they're used to vote on, like, you know, changes to the parameters in the protocol of, of Stargate. The bridge. That's it. You don't get any kind of fee, revenue, anything like that. Well, like most uh, governance tokens, like, it's sort of kind of a proxy for the, the fees taken by the the bridge, and mm-hmm. they're, they're somewhere in the, like, low single-digit basis point range, so there, it's not a ton of fees. Um, but, uh, you 
you know, they can't pass that value back to, like, they can't, they can't just, like, yeah, distribute yeah, it's, it. It's gonna but, be... it. But it goes in the protocol treasury, okay. right? Which could be used to incentivize stuff and whatever, right? And you get to vote on where that's directed and... Yeah, uh, that, that's sort of the idea. Yeah, um, okay. So, uh, so these, uh, these governance tokens, STG tokens, um, 10% of the total supply was put up for auction, right? Uh, and um, it was going to end uh, after either 48 hours passed or all of, the, um, all of the tokens were sold at a price of 25 cents a token. So they were trying to raise, uh, at most, 25 million US dollar, USDC, uh, or like just as much as they could within 48 hours if like they didn't reach that. So there was kind of a shit show uh, where like basically it caused like a whole bunch of gas wars uh, and uh, a lot of people were kind of interested in this project and basically uh, Alameda Research came in and bought the entire block of uh, of 10% of the token supply. Every single one. Every single one, yeah. Uh, before anyone else was really able to get any transaction through. Like, people were sitting there clicking Connect Wallet, and Alameda must have had this, like, engineered, right? So, um, uh, and this was on what? Ethereum? Or what What was this on? Yeah, I believe it was Ethereum. Okay. Uh, so, um, so, you know... A lot of people. So Alabama were, Tabasco goes in, yeah. buys the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> and how did this go down? So it's like they said, you know, this is the long, this is the date, right? This yeah. is the date of the auction. This is the date, time, block number, right, where it's going to go live. Yeah. Uh, or and, you know, they submitted a transaction with like uh, they called like open, right, okay. to the to the market effectively. Yeah. And then I don't know if it was like that block or the next block, but basically Alameda comes in with twenty five million USDC. And buys the entire thing. Nice. Uh, and so, um, you know, reading about this is a little crazy because, uh, you know, like the like Sam Trabuco, who's what CEO of yeah. Alameda Research, mm -hmm. uh, came in. Also known as Alabama Tabasco. Alabama Tabasco. Uh, his Twitter handle is Alameda Trabuco. Mm -hmm. um, he he tweets. Okay, there's been some chatter around the recent <laughs> Stargate finance auction, and I wanted to clarify a few things about Alameda's involvement. Right, because there were rumors circulating that like Alameda bought all the tokens, yeah. uh, and uh, and so his 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 next comment is, first off, we did indeed buy all the tokens. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Getting uh, straight to the point. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, you gotta you gotta love that frankness. Um, but uh, then he goes on to like say a bunch of things, right? Like, which are you know pretty good things. Like, we're gonna stake them for the maximum time period for at least three years. Also, we're not going to uh, use any of the governance here. So we believe that like this should be a community-governed project, and we're we're like gonna like forego our voting rights from those 10 million tokens. Um, and then you know, uh, Stargate Finance came in and said and said, "All right, we feel a little bad about how that all went down. Uh, we're gonna do one more round of of auction where people have the right to participate." Uh, at the same price as Alameda got at 25 cents a token. Now, to give you some idea, uh, it was trading last I looked at like over $3 a token. My, my wow. Was sort of four. Okay, yeah. so, uh, like so quick 10x. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this thing's up like, uh, yeah, like yeah, a quick 10x. Um, and so... Uh, in like, what, a few days? Yeah, week? I mean, it was pumping 60% a day, like oh. several days in a row. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, and uh, and basically like all, all of Twitter or all the tweets or all the tweeters that I follow um, 
everyone I follow on Twitter has basically been talking exclusively about this. Uh, it's it's really been been big like news. Um, but it's weird. A lot of them will dance around exactly which token they're talking about, and they'll just be like, "Wow, that yeah, token's yeah, yeah. up seventy percent in a day." And it's right. like you look on CoinGecko, it's like there's only one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, how is this price even getting to this level when Alameda owns all of the liquid supply? Right. Uh, like they, if there's nothing on the market. They then... don't own all the liquid supply. Uh, is the okay. first thing. So, they just own the new auction. That yeah. Came they, out. Okay. They, so they there's supply the from before. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was either from before or like every day now people are getting incentivized to, because it's a cross chain bridge, mm -hmm. people are being incentivized to stake their assets on either side of the chain because you need that liquidity. And so if you stake like USDC, you can earn like 15, 20% on your USDC in the form of Stargate tokens. Stargate. Okay. Okay. Right? So that's where a lot of the liquid supply is coming from. Yeah, exactly. I see. Okay. Um, and then I want to say there's some kind of, like, you can vote escrow, like, you can lock it or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, similar to, like, the curve model. Yeah, uh, yeah, But uh, looking at the white paper, it's not, like, super clear, like, what that's going to do or be used for. Okay. Uh, but I guess, I guess the idea is people are getting paid in this thing, and they think it's going to keep going up, so not a lot of them are selling. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and a lot of people are buying because, like, it's up, you know, 10x in a week, right? Yeah. Uh, and so... Um, you know, I think there's really two uh, questions here, right? The first is, um, is this thing going to break, right? Like, because they're quoting this APY, but that's being paid in, you know, Stargate STG token, tokens. Right, so if, you know, if, if it halves, then the APY And this is the classic, uh, yeah. you know, what yield incentive... Yeah, 100% um, happened on Orca, it happened on yeah. Sushi, like, yeah. This and those is, tokens tend to pump and then just go down only. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, they were initially created with this idea that, like, well, they're worth more than nothing, and, like, you know, if you put your USDC in, like, a, a bank account, it's earning roughly nothing. Uh, Somebody so, had this crazy tweet. They were like, yeah, Alameda is just going to take their massive supply, they're going to stake it, they're going to collect a bunch of uh you know more tokens on this then ftx will launch perps they'll hedge out their position completely and then just nuke the price <laughs> it's like uh yeah i think i've seen that before is that a playbook that's just the absolute alameda playbook any any of these anything that gets listed on ftx now that has you know like uh, perps get listed on ftx just immediately down only Wow, interesting. Um, huh. Yeah, it's not not what you want. That's why I'm very afraid of Jewel being listed on uh, FTX. Not, <laughs> not, not to worry, they would never list Jewel. Yeah, uh, <laughs> dude, I'm, I'm worried. Uh, um, so, uh, so I guess that's one thing is like this price action. Is this like, is this all just gonna implode? You know, any day now. Uh, and then, especially with like you know, with these guys having ten percent of the liquid supply, right? Like, uh, yeah, you know, that's a risk, right? Like, they can say that they're gonna lock these things, or maybe they even did lock them, but you know, they can create synthetic positions through derivatives. They can they can short that you know, it's not a you know, uh, it's it's far from clear whether this is like gonna just implode any day now. Mm. Um, the second thing that I think will inform the first thing is what's going to happen with the next round, right? Uh, because they're doing another auction. Mm. Um, and so they've, they've reserved this for others to be able to participate. I don't know how they're going to do it, yeah. but they're going to... Uh, yeah, it's a, so, okay, so they're auctioning off 
12-month frozen tokens, which is pretty interesting. So these are, I, I don't know exactly how the smart contract works, but basically these things are, are already locked for 12 months. Oh, don't worry. I'm very familiar with this. <laughs> this is how a locked jewel works. Uh, <laughs> this is a jewel podcast, I guess. This is a jewel podcast. Um, um, so with a okay. six-month and linear unlock, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so No, that's, I, that's I was like, I'm not joking. That's literally exactly how locked jewel works. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's I like guess a, you could copy-paste the contract if it yeah, works, yeah, no, right? yeah, yeah. It's a very, very... I think it's a, it's kind of a standard thing, though, actually. It's like yeah. where it'll... There'll be like a 12-month vesting or 12-month cliff or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then... Similar to like vest. an IPO. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It'll vest over a certain period linearly or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, so um, so it'll be interesting to see, like, are they able to, to fill, what is it? So they're, they're doubling the amount of, the amount of tokens? Uh, wait, no. Uh, it's not double. It's uh, 20% of the, the previous round. So they're auctioning okay. off 20 million tokens as, as opposed to last time it was 100 million. Okay. Um, but it's oh, still so a like, tiny amount. Yeah, well, a fifth, right? Uh, so like basically $5 million worth at the previous yeah, round exactly. valuation. Yeah, uh, yeah. Now and, that's and, $50 million worth. Well, so the price is locked, right? Uh, because uh, it's locked at 25 cents. Uh, the idea being that they wanted to make it uh, fair-ish. Uh, okay, so now let's get to the, the main with, question here. With like $5 million worth of these tokens, there are so many players that will just come in and buy all of them. Like, so I that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, going How is anybody going to get a transaction through here? Where you're immediately basically just like... I, I, I mean, this just screams like MEV, right? Like, yeah. It, you know, like the miner just goes in, they're like, all right, well, I'll take the quick 12, 15x, whatever it is. How is anybody going to get anything through, right? Like, 5 million is not much. No, it's not. It's really not. Especially when you could, well, I guess you couldn't flash loan it but because they're locked. But, like, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not that much for a lot, lot, lot of people in the Ethereum ecosystem. Oh, yeah. Uh, forgetting any kind of organization, right? Hmm. Uh, when is this auction happening, second one? Uh, it is... Uh, fuck. Um, it's coming up soon. It's in, like, the next couple of days, I okay, think. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah. So we'll touch on this next week, then. Yeah. See, re- recap how it goes. <laughs> See how well, um, how yeah. well Stargate's able to execute. Okay. Um, let's see. Oh, uh, oh, hold on, to... real quick. We can't move on yet. Bullish or bearish? Oh. What's your... <laughs> Absolutely bullish. Yeah? Oh, um, you are bullish on this. Look, Alameda's uh, in. Alameda's in. Uh, don't fade the Tabasco. Look, I don't. I haven't been in the space long enough to have vilified Alameda yet. <laughs> um, so to me, this is a sign of conviction. Yeah. From, from a very high quality investor. No, I mean, I think it's fair. I think uh, it's fair to have that take. The other thing is that look, like uh, last I checked, it was something like a two, three billion dollar fully diluted valuation. That's not that high. Right. A $3 billion fully diluted valuation, if this does sort of like become the go-to cross-chain bridge that like works hand in hand with Uniswap, SushiSwap, Aave, whatever the fuck, right? And like Aave V3 has like all these cross-chain like uh, features now too. If this becomes the the go-to way to communicate between blockchain ecosystems, then it's a core core part of infrastructure uh and you know they should like 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 everything in crypto they might not have figured out the monetization yet 
but boy, is that an important part of the ecosystem, right? And yeah. This yeah. is one of these things that's similar to like, uh, it's similar to like DeFi, right? Where like the liquidity is, uh, you know, it's in DeFi, the liquidity is less sticky, right? But um, in a bridge, you need to like, it's a many to many bridge, right? Like you can bridge from Avalanche to Phantom to Ethereum. You could do them all at the same time. Yeah. So the liquidity like has to exist. If you're if you're trying to copy paste this, you need to gather liquidity from all of these other chains at the same time. And so once there's like a, a, a winner here, I think that's a really big moat, right? It's a, it's a really big like her barrier to entry um, to try to get this like a cross chain, you know. Uh, set of liquidity pools right? i could see that yeah um so I, th I think it winds up staying relatively sticky and so and the, look the other thing is they're planning for protocols to use it rather than users which is something that we haven't really seen that much out of the bridging community yet mm -hmm. um and so you know there's a chance that like at some point you know you have cross-chain arb right where like uh uniswap has like some breakdown of like usdc to uni on one chain and then a different breakdown on this other chain uh and the protocol itself may just capture that arbitrage right uh like you could imagine like large large block trades uh being sent through through this bridge i just think that it's at a functioning at a bigger scale than most user-facing bridges mm. with like better security assumptions they're not perfect but but it's much more secure uh Bullish. bullish. I'm bullish. You sold me. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Shipwreck. Do we have anything else? We have a wreck. Uh, we have a wreck. We have a wreck. Oh, let's uh, go wreck, dude. We're gonna. We're about to combine two of your favorite parts of yes. blockchains. Are you ready? Perfect. Let's okay. Get it. Jewel and <laughs> more, more jewel. Jewel and jewel. <laughs> jewel and jewel. <laughs> Um, no, 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 no. Are you sitting down? <laughs> you get ready, uh, yeah. guys. We're gonna have to hold Karan down for this one. He's Jewel about to be so excited. Dollars on this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> up or down? <laughs> Both actually. Yeah. It went above. Now it's back below. <laughs> uh, look. Uh, okay. Hold yourself back. Try not to squeal. We're gonna talk about Solana. Oh, baby. And DeFi. Oh, baby. Yeah. DeFi kingdoms on Solana. Let's go. <laughs> uh, okay, what's going on? So kind of, Solana kind of went a... down again. Solana got hacked again. Solana's <laughs> founders are insane. Somehow not Solana's fault this time. No uh, way. So minor, really just a minor wreck, but mm. I do think it's kind of interesting. Um, so there's a decentralized uh, stablecoin called Cash.io. Okay. Uh, and uh, I think it was like branded as Cash Cow, and then that got like rebrand it got rebranded as just Dude, like cash. anything called cash cow and then rebranded to cash io like how are you not gonna assume just just assume that's a that's rug. gonna get right like, that's yeah. just a complete rug bro it was uh so okay i think there's an interesting parallel though to the world of traditional finance here and i and i want you to spot it okay um let me describe the protocol for you basically you get to uh mint cash this mm. this token which is like the algorithmic stable coin trades mm -hmm. one to one roughly for for usdc uh, and you mint it by like providing liquidity to USDC cash pools and then taking those LP tokens and uh, bonding them with the protocol. Um, so effectively, like uh, you're you know you're using US, you're you're, uh, you're you're vouching for it. You're saying I will provide liquidity between USDC 
and cash mm. and then in turn you get cash at a slight discount wow um nice. yeah. sounds uh, like ohm <laughs> yes um but then then it got wrecked uh so uh it was sounds like oh it was all, it was all working great i know what you were thinking we need more algorithmic stable coins and we especially need them on solana uh yes so um so there's there was a bug in the smart contract and uh they it allowed somebody to print up a ton of cash Nice. So it, they were able to mint cash without having any backing. Solid. Do you right, find things are starting to sound familiar? <laughs> <laughs> Still sounds like oh <laughs> no, I'm joking. This sounds like my favorite, a, a third favorite uh, of mine, mm. Jewel. <laughs> uh, no, this is my man Jerome Powell right here. This Jerome, is his playbook. Jerome Julie Powell. Jerome is in the house. Jerome's in the house. <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, they just what they got the infinite burr. Yeah, they got the infinite burr. They took nice. all of this cash. They swapped it for USDC. Now the cash is worthless because wow. there's no liquidity for Wait, it. So what happened? Like they actually token. got the USDC out and they rugged it fully. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like uh, a hacker yeah. did. Yeah, I mean, how much look, did they hack? Mm-hmm. How much did they rug? Uh, it wasn't that much. It okay. was in the like double digit millions or something. Uh, uh, <laughs> dude, my numbers nothing. are my numbers are so off now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when you were like, oh, the three four billion FDV is pretty low. I was like, eh, is it? I don't it know. It is. <laughs> check out check out projects right now. Yeah, bro. Jewel is four billion. Jewel that's is four low. billion in FDV. Yeah, as that's a, low, bro. As a like as. As a native token for a game that has no game. Well, bro, bro, bro. It's an it's an on chain options platform as well. Right, that's right. So they there was this announcement shipped, that uh, they're shipped gonna... Jewel, dude. Jewel shipped like eight things this last week. That's true. They they, they have uh, a fiat on ramp now built into the game. They have a fiat on ramp. How on-ramp. does that work? Can Using I use my ramp. credit card to buy yeah, Jewel? Yeah, basically. Oh no. They're gonna have <laughs> their own app uh, that's like a standalone application. Mm-hmm. Um, like a mobile app. Uh, Aren't you worried that by typing your credit card info into this thing, like you're gonna ding your credit score? <laughs> yeah, probably. I think, but that's one of those things. Like they just, you just hear like two weeks later, it's like all your bank accounts have been shut down. It's like, oh shit, fuck, what happened? We use AI and machine learning to predict risk. <laughs> it's called. Has this person used their credit card to buy jewel yet? <laughs> Uh, turns out your last 14 credit card transactions are in this location called Serendale. Can you, can you identify what Serendale and Crystal Vale are? <laughs> uh, as I mentioned earlier, this is a jewel podcast. <laughs> um, okay, so... Uh, uh, man, Honorog just texted me. Bitcoin leading the way. Is he still in Jewel? <laughs> oh, he's deep in Jewel. He's also deep in the locked Jewel. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so this might be time to sell everything. Uh, you know, this might be the top signal here. So, okay. Shout out on Rog. So question... Definitely not listening. Question for you on, uh, <clears throat> uh, on this is, like, uh, do you really think that, like, the... If if Stargate becomes like the go-to bridge, right? For, mm. That protocols use, like it, it's somewhat like Swift, right? It's mm. not unlike Swift. It's a protocol for messaging. Well, Layer Zero is the protocol for messaging, mm-hmm. uh, and it enables like cross-chain transfers the the way that Swift enables cross-bank mm. transfers. So the the transfer mechanism itself is that like you're, are you really making the case here that that should be worth less in fully diluted valuation? than a game 
I really actually don't think. Like, to me, it's all the same thing. Like, I, you know, like any bridge, it's so interchangeable. Mm. Okay, well, well, we'll wait for the deep dive. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. like, you know, like, it doesn't matter. Like, to me, it's like, whether you use Synapse Bridge or <laughs> whether you use any swap or whether you use, like, a native, like, if you use the AVAX Bridge, to mm. me, it's, like, literally all the same. Um, yeah. Like, even this uh, topic, like, it, like, literally makes no difference to me. You know, uh, yeah, like, if my funds are there, I don't, you know, funds are Safu. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I, it, like just makes no difference i think that's the that's the the core like compelling thing about uh about layer zero in general is that like the safety guarantees are are slightly stronger uh like a, a lot stronger i would say okay uh, so uh okay. yeah um but we will we'll dive into that in, yeah we'll dive later. in we'll dive in should we talk about um, neon labs um, even yeah, more, sure. even more Solana, uh, and this Not is really. I mean, this is a big ship. So, okay, okay. Um, so Neon Labs is the uh, they're, they're they're building out um, basically the EVM for Solana. Okay. So you can like port your uh, EVM compatible smart contracts to be executable in Solana, um, which I think is great, right? Because as a programmer. When I've written something that I think works, the last thing I want to do is try to figure out what I wrote. Like you don't you don't want to open it back up and yeah, try to yeah. port it to a new blockchain or whatever. Like it's right. it's better to have and especially like I've heard that the waitlist for like getting anything like audited in the smart contract space now is is on the order of months. Yeah, I think there's like two or three companies that yeah. provide that service. There's one Quantstamp, right? Uh, Certic. At, at ETH Denver, Quantstamp w- had a table and they were like do you want to audit smart contracts? We will train you end to end and pay you while you learn. Whoa, really? Because we just can't find enough talent. So yeah, uh, I was actually there with my mom and I was like, hey, what do you think? Should you, should you do it? And my mom was like, I don't know. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, like, uh, it's hard to get stuff audited, right? Stuff changes all the time. Um, you need to, you want to write your code once and deploy it everywhere. This yeah. is the same way that like the web came to dominate, you know, embedded apps, right? So you had your native apps on like on Mac with like the .dmg files, you had your .exe files, you had like iOS, like native apps. Today, every application you interact with, with a few exceptions, if it's not like super computationally intensive, like a game, it's done in HTML. It's all websites, right? Uh, you open up the Quora app and it's just a wrapper around Quora.com. You open up yeah. the Instagram app, it's around wrapper around Instagram.com. So this basically will allow developers who have been writing on the EVM, you you know, writing Solidity code to deploy those exact same applications, exact same code on the Solana blockchain. Exactly. Okay. And so. Uh, and why would anybody want to do that? Uh, well, because Solana's the best, obviously. Uh, but, uh... Joke corner. <laughs> uh, so, look, I think, I think there's two compelling things here, right? So, mm-hmm. the first is, uh, gas costs, right? Gas okay. costs are so incredibly low on Solana. Okay, so why would you not just deploy an Arbitrum? Uh, because uh, as much as people make fun of Solana for being, like, mega-centralized... It is way less centralized than Arbitrum. Arbitrum has one validator. 
like the, I, it, it like boggles my mind that anybody uses it, right? Uh, like I haven't dug into the technicals fully enough to, to like really be making this case, but I've dug quite a bit and I don't trust it. I, unless you trust Arbitrum, like the company, the company, yeah. which is a company, like let's not forget, right? Like they they raise capital, like and how they've are they raised gonna, like a billion dollars. Where where is their revenue coming from, right? Like how are they going to pay their investors back? Like they're never going to do like token either, baby. Either it's like ARB to- token ARB. coming. <laughs> it's like um, if look, say they collect the gas fees and they're like, this is our this is our revenue source, right? Um, then they're never going to be able to decentralize it to more validators. Um, but like, uh, say they uh, say they don't, then they're capturing that value somewhere else. It could be MEV, it, it, I guess likely MEV. Uh, who knows, right? Uh, I, I just like think you can trust Solana more when it's running uh, than you can trust Arbitrum, which might also not be running, right? Like, uh, yeah, I guess my, just my general point is like, okay, you, you know, like. We already have so many EVM compatible blockchains. We have, like, we have the layer twos, right? Mm-hmm. Like, sure, there's trust assumptions there. We, but, but like, just the point being, we have layer twos. We have other EVM chains. We have, you know, Avalanche, Phantom, whatever, like one, uh, yeah, whatever, yeah. right? Just my general point is like, what are we gonna see here that we don't see yet? So the other, the other big compelling thing is. Parallelization, okay. right? So the way that Solana is built is it like uh, it uses this like account model, yeah, where everything is like basically like an account or a program, and when you want to call a function in a smart contract, you pass in uh, all of the accounts that that uh, transaction is going to touch, right? So the validators can see one transaction and another transaction, and if they don't touch any of the same accounts then they can be run in parallel. Um, so this would enable like, you know, much higher throughput uh, applications than we than we see on like the other EVM compatible blockchains today. Even on Avalanche, like, you know, you pay like a couple bucks to get a transaction done for Krabata, for example. Like that shouldn't cost that, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, like my crabs are touching nothing, right? They're <laughs> like maybe someone else's crabs. Oh God, that's that yeah. I was gonna good. say hands to yourselves, crabs. Cause 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 off crabs. Uh, um, like uh, okay. Like you and I should be able to run a Krabata game in parallel, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, like you know, just all of these other things, like for example, like Uniswap, right? Mm. Uniswap V3 really hasn't taken off because it's gas inefficient yeah. right you know uh if you're if you're like re- are you really trying to like mint a new nft for every limit order you want to place yeah, yeah. like it's prohibitively expensive um you know you- this will all change when we have games on their own subnets I'm just, <laughs> just saying <you> know? <laughs> um okay that's interesting like i'm very curious to see more than anything like the the tech the technology side it's very cool that they've finally figured out. Like, we've been hearing about EVM on Solana forever. It's very cool that there is an instance that exists now. But I'm just curious to see what kind of applications actually get developed that we haven't seen already. Because yeah. that part of it definitely feels stale to me. So Where, like, I just yeah. don't know, like, if there's anything new that I've seen in a, in a while now. Yeah, I mean, I th- the way that I think about it, right, is 
it's a core piece of infrastructure tech that will enable things, right? Like, yeah, the uh, most bullish part of this, like, you know, bullish or bearish, I am obviously bullish on this for the main reason that it's just a merging of two ecosystems that have historically just been in conflict and opposing yeah. and not working together at all. So the more people that you can bring together to work on these big kinds of projects, you're bound to have some good ideas come out of that. That's definitely part of it. For me, the the big reason that I'm bullish is uh, it's a, I think of it a little bit like cloud computing, right? Where all of a sudden, like compute is a cheap resource that can be like hyper localized to wherever it's cheapest to operate. In this case, Solana, right? Uh, so you yeah, but like, isn't that the same thing? Because it's like Solana as a cheap resource. Or like the cheap resource here being uh, block space, right? Uh, the yeah. the cheap resource here is block space, and Solana's has block space, like cheap block space, forever, really. Yeah. The difference um, here is that there's an ecosystem of people that weren't a part of that before, that are now able to access that. Yeah, right? it's it's the access. So it's a little bit like uh, like cloud computing was, you know. Uh, created like after server farms were created, right? Like you always had corporations that were able to run their applications in, in the most efficient places. Uh, but it wasn't open for just anyone to spin up a server in like some remote place using the tools that they like already know how to use. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's going to change just the, the landscape of what's possible. Yeah, yeah. Which is like what's so exciting about technology, right? Like good like big big advancements in tech make things possible that were not possible before yeah it's a new design space basically yeah exactly um so i'm i'm mega mega bullish hell yeah all right anything else you want to cover this week not much Karan honestly just wants to like he just wants me to leave so he can stare at the jewel chart honestly <laughs> i'm not gonna lie dude i've got four different jewel charts open <laughs> <laughs> I'm staring at the one minute chart. <laughs> no, do they do um, the, you know how Bitcoin, you can do the Bitcoin dominance? Oh yeah, BTCD. Can, can you do that with Jewel? <laughs> the, the Jewel dominance. Uh, Jewel is now back in the top 150. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is at 141. Um, look, dude, when we do our 14th deep dive on Jewel, uh, <laughs> I'll go into the vision of the DFK chain and how it's really a platform for other games to deploy on the DFK chain so they don't have to build their own blockchain, but we'll save that. <laughs> we'll save that for the Jewel uh, deep dive, episode number 14. Um, anything else you want to hit? No, I think I think we this just fun, yeah. It. I got to talk about Solana for like 25 minutes. Yeah, so exactly. Pretty, pretty uh, yeah. I, you know, made it through the whole Solana corner. Was, <laughs> I think... We hit most everything that happened this week. It was a relatively quiet week. It was a relatively quiet week. You know, there were a lot of devs at the uh, Avalanche uh, Barcelona conference. That's true. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So they're little... They're... Someone got arrested. Lumdard. Uh, really? Toshi. Somebody... Did you, you didn't see this? Somebody got arrested no. for possessing weed oh, <laughs> by the God. Spanish police. In Barcelona? Yeah, there Dude, were... there's weed everywhere in Barcelona. Yeah, apparently uh, <laughs> apparently the cops were, uh, were on the lookout for this one... Dude, 
there's no chance it was weed. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> you gotta be doing some other stuff. Uh, you didn't see these tweets? It was like uh, no. like three three or four people tweeted like like big people like you know really? like uh, like like you know pseudonymous like accounts like yeah, uh, yeah. all the darts and stuff uh, and like. Uh, they all tweeted like roughly within a couple hours like hang on like did did you guys just see the cops like coming and like nab someone for something that's pretty funny and then they tweeted all their all their like text messages with with whoever and they were like hey man you okay and the guy's like they caught me with weed (laughs) wow yeah uh that's uh very crypto twitter yeah (laughs) Uh, i've actually been uh, you know low on the twitter these days just Focusing on my mental men, mental health, you know. Mental health, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah you have course. a uh, what do you guys call it at Coinbase this week? Oh, uh, recharge week. A recharge, recharge week. week. I'm off this week. Yeah. If any of the listeners want to hit me up, you know, this <laughs> is the week to do it. Yeah, maybe this will be the week that you can uh, you can orchestrate your deep dive on Jewel. <laughs> Oof! Wow, that one is months in the making. <laughs> that's, but that's the ultimate recharge activity. That is the ultimate recharge activity. <laughs> All right, well, this is another recap, another decent recap for the week of March 27th. We will be back midweek with another decent deep dive. Till then, stay decent, everybody. None of this was financial advice, legal advice, investment advice, or any other kind of advice. Uh, If you're looking for advice, you are definitely in the wrong place. Uh, Until next time, stay decent.